I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. I say we're back. Ash has gone and left me again. He's somewhere up in the middle of England, so I thought, I can't do this on my own. I'm possibly one of the worst person you will listen to an hour talking about college football all on my own. Maybe a disservice, but I'm not sure. And I thought, well, the Iron Bowl's coming up. I know a Bama fan. Let's get involved. So our boy Jake, one of the staff writers, has, has jumped on. Jake, this is your second pod, right? You did one with Ash preseason week zero? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is uh, my triumphant return, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. It was I jumped on earlier this year with Ash. Super duper. Listen, Rush Nation, if you are currently the solitary person watching on the live stream because Twitter feed is currently down, or if you're an audio OG, head over to YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell notification because when we go live, you'll know then and you won't have to rely on Twitter to let us know when you're live. So if you do go and watch via YouTube, hit the bell, get a notification. You can see <laughs> me and this week or me and Ash. And then Jake is going to come back and talk some Big 12 football later on in the year when we do our division reviews. You can see his Twitter name popped up on the screen screen right there at Dynasty Brit. Jake, we've got some huge games in rivalry weekend this week that we're going to get to in a little bit. I want to start with the five-yard showdown. You're not in it, so we're not going to go into too much depth. I'm just going to say that I am now the sole representation of Five Yard College in the Five Yard Showdown. I gave Jack a thorough hammering last week. He deserved it every single bit of it after his final 
lost to me last year. I beat him in the semis this year. Sorry, mate. It was a 240 odd points. I think it might be season high. So you got your dues there. And then Rich from the dynasty side, he made the final. We beat Jord out. So if, if college is going to do it, you're relying on me, five yard <laughs> college fans. So the showdown, me versus Rich, should be an absolute belter. Jake, we've got some news. You've got your notes. I've got the headlines. Let's dive right into it. Florida, as you have, if you're living under a rock, then perhaps <laughs> you haven't seen this, but Florida have dismissed head coach Dan Mullen after two years for the Gators. Mullen was hired in 2017 and guided the Gators to a 69 and 46 record, but are currently sitting less than 500 at five and six in 2021. They've lost five straight games to power five opponents. It's reported that Florida will pay Mullen $12 million across seven installments to buy out his contract. So, yes, Dan Mullen's been sacked, but I imagine he's sitting there fairly confident and comfortable right now with the money that's coming in installments, Jake. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, if you're paying any attention to the NFL as well, Jason Garrett's just been fired as the uh, uh, Giants OC. Um, so uh, uh, and they, they didn't need to do that until the end of the season because the Giants aren't about to win anything. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so you never know. You never know. Mullen could already be uh, already have a destination in mind, but um, yeah, it's a tough one, really. Like, do you give him more time? Do you not? He's he's shown obviously a lot of promise. He obviously had like a, an amazing team last year, and even this year he took took Bama right to the wire as well. So um, yeah, but I think I think what a lot of people, um, especially in the industry, have sort of been writing about is the culture there and. And how things kind of like got off the rails. I mean, start back with the uh, Marco Wilson um, shoe throwing incident last year against L- LSU, which lost them like a crucial game. And I think from then on, there, there's not really been much of a, a sort of grasp on culture. Um, and yeah, that sort of culminated in the uh, in the loss to Mizzou at the weekend. Yeah, and Mizzou were what ten point underdogs in that and ended up winning it outright. Yes. So it was it was a, a big win for them. I mean, one of the things Dan Mullen perhaps hasn't done so well for Florida. If you listen to any other podcast, they talk about it being recruiting is one of the Mm. big issues for Dan Mullen and stuff. And some of the names banded about uh, are big on the recruiting trail. I mean, we've just seen Penn State extend their head coach when perhaps he was in definite line for, I say definite line, he was one of the names banded about for for the jobs that seem to be opening left, right and centre now. So him off the list is one of the head coaches that perhaps we thought was going to switch around and I don't know. It was, it was a big deal for for him and Penn State as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is it? I, I think they're looking at um, around in in the landscape at the moment. Obviously, you've got USC open, you've got LSU open. Yep. Uh, 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 James Franklin was one of the names that was sort of mentioned in the last coaching cycle for open positions, for, so some of the top top positions. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think they've obviously moved quickly. I, I think it is a little bit stupid. Like these these ten year, I think. Yeah. Some, He's on about nine million a year, right? Ninety million, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's like these. They, I mean, they, these schools get bent over a bow by these agents because they, they they tell them that well. I mean, if you don't, don't lock this guy up, he's he he, he could go, and um, that's obviously what they've done. They, they sort of moved to secure that there. And I mean, he, he's done well. He's he's been competitive against Ohio State, Michigan. Um, um, he's he's probably got the clear. Sort of equally second best program in that conference in in the conference, sort of on par with Michigan. Really, I mean, no, that's fine. Do you think it's one of those things where, with all these job vacancies opening up, especially names like USC and LSU, you get James Franklin at Penn State and 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 Mel Tucker at Michigan State, who the the 
the the athletic directors and, and people behind the vaccines are thinking, well, we don't want to lose them to these schools. So now we've got to lock them up now with these huge deals. When perhaps I think you're right in the fact that it, it's a silly move, really. I mean, we saw it with John Gruden and the Raiders in the NFL. And mm. maybe it's slightly different on the Gruden to to Penn State because Gruden was coming in. It was a new deal for 10 years, whereas the Penn State is, is basically an extension. And I heard today that it's quite team friendly. It's almost an essentially a, a year rolling contract with the money and how it's spread out. So, yeah, yeah, that's how I understand it. So perhaps it's not as bad as initially thought, but I think maybe they're just trying to grab their guys that are already there rather than losing them to the schools that are opening up. Which, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real interesting one as well because if you, you look at Penn State and you look at the job that they've got to do in, in that conference, it's tough. Obviously, they've got, they're have got competing against Ohio State and um, Michigan and Michigan State every year, uh, Wisconsin, obviously, in the other division um, that are often a challenger as well. So, But then arguably the the, the the job down in Florida is a lot harder job. Um, uh, the job at LSU is a lot harder job, um, although they get a sort of similar amount of resources. Um, going up, going up in, in, in the SEC West every year, obviously you're you're going up against Bama and you've got Jimbo now at Texas A&M. He seems to have got things rolling. Um, Leighton Kiffin's obviously uh, um, at Ole Miss and, and he's going to attract a lot of recruits as well because of the style of football that they play. So you've got a real hard job if you're going into the LSU coach. You've got a real hard job if you're going into the Florida coach. You're recruiting against Kirby Smart every year, and which seems like an almost insurmountable task by the way he's been recruiting. <laughs> yeah. um, and then USC is obviously a complete rebuild. So, I mean, it, as much as people think like, oh, why wouldn't wouldn't Penn, wouldn't wouldn't uh, James Franklin leave Penn State? It's, it probably wasn't that much of a difficult decision for him. He's going to get paid a lot of money to stay. At school, he knows he can win at. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one when you look at it from a few different sides. Yeah, you're right. The, the competitive nature of, of James Franklin's position at Penn State is much more attainable than it would be diving into an SEC school where you've got no idea what's going on regardless of... And not only that, we we always... I say we, the, like the royal quote, we, we seem to forget that recruiting cycles have already happened and stuff like that. So kids may you know, not go to that school because of coaching changes and stuff like that. So for instance, like it could be a case of where you think James Franklin, let's just say, went into LSU, but some of those LSU kids might not think James Franklin's the guy for them. So they might decommit and we see classes change all the time. So it's not necessarily a straight square peg in a square hole all the time. So there's so much, I didn't realise this when college football, I got into college football, just the sheer trickle down effect of one thing happening is much more vast than the NFL, much more vast. And it's just, it's great because there's so much more to learn about and stuff. It's it, it just, mm. every time I look at college football, my mind is baffled because of the implications and the just the craziness of the whole thing. I mean, let's move on to UMass. They've hired Arizona defensive coach Don Brown as their new head coach. Is this the Don Brown from Michigan and the all or nothing that we saw on telly, Jake? Um, I don't believe so. Okay, fair. I will carry on. Brown has been with Arizona at the start of 2021 and is returning to UMass. Uh, there you go. He previously coached in 04 to 08 and ended with a yeah. 43 and 19 record. So that's right. When they were an FCS school, um, I'm just checking. I don't believe it's the Don Brown from uh, um, from Michigan. No. Oh no. Yeah, he was. Too, yeah, that is, no. He is is the same guy. Yeah, he really yes. worked at Harbor as the DC at Michigan before being fired last year. There you go. There's our boy Ash popping up in the comments on a train home. Thanks for jumping in, big and appreciate it. 
I'm glad I got my Don Brown right there. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, we've we we're vastly approaching the draft, Jake. The I say that it's it's still what five months away, but for us college mm. football fans, the regular season is almost done. We're coming into playoffs and New Year's six games and stuff like that, and then the draft is blasting towards us faster than we can possibly imagine. We when when the start of the season it was all Spencer Rattler and he's gonna be the number one overall pick and obviously Kayvon Thibodeau has well Spencer Rattler has destroyed that himself and then Kayvon Thibodeau has exploded himself as a, an unbelievable talent. Matt Corral has announced his intention to enter the NFL draft once the current season has ended and has thanked Ole Miss fans with a message on Twitter. Corral is being touted as a high pick in the twenty twenty two draft, if you believe what Ash has written here. It's one of those things where there was a couple of cryptid messages on Twitter, perhaps from Corral before this message to say thank you. It, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? In a quarterback class, class that's got, like, I want to say worse. It's not, maybe it's just not as good as we expected for the 2022 class coming out. Then Matt Corral has, has done really well at Ole Miss this season and has maybe got himself into the number one quarterback contention in the NFL draft. Yeah, there's definitely... Um... He's definitely been with a shout, that's for sure. That's the way he's played at Ole Miss is really, he's, he's played really well this year. I think he's thrown 19 touchdowns and three interceptions so far, um, if I'm right. Um, and I think he's got a couple on the ground as well. Um, yeah, so you see, yeah, he's thrown 19, he's 19 and three with, with two on the ground. Um, just over three 3,000 yards. Um, he's made like quite a few strides in sort of the mechanics aspects of it and, um, decision-making aspect of, of playing the position as well. Um, I think there's every reason he could have like a really strong pro day, really strong combine um, and be be right in there with one of the top picks. He, he's very likely to go into the first round in the first round just because of how the NFL values quarterbacks. So, yep. it's um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting off-season for him for sure. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen I've, for some reason, I've started looking at mock drafts, which is bananas at this time of year, but I've, I've seen a few mock drafts where, you know, the first offensive player is outside the fifth, 15, tw- first 20, 15 to 20 picks, just because of how strong defensively this class is. So it could be, Ash has piped him some Carson Strong nonsense once again. He's Carson <laughs> Strong will always be his QB1. Ash. I mean, the, the NFL guys are going to love Carson Strong, right? He's like a yeah. Josh Allen type smaller school like huge guy huge frame um can can absolutely swing the ball um although unlike josh allen like he's, he's a little bit statuesque um um but yeah i think there's going to be some nfl scouts that are the old school type that are falling up with him absolutely he's got pittsburgh steelers written all over him just, <laughs> <laughs> which i imagine ash is about to comment on there being absolutely a dream situation for him let's um so, number number sixteen overall recruit quarterback Jaheim Singletary has committed to the Georgia Bulldogs and joins a growing list of high end recruits to top this impressive twenty twenty one season. Jaheim Singletary, Jake, what do you know about him? Um, he's a uh, five star um, uh, guy um, that was like highly recruited. He originally committed to Ohio State, but um then uh decommitted on august 1st um he then took a visit to georgia on uh i think back in june um and yeah obviously decommitted 
um, very very recently. So um, he's a, he's a massive prospect. Um, he's he's fast. He's lengthy. Um, he seems to be like a, a ball. You watch his tape. He's a bit of a ball hawk. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what can you say? And yeah, number five's up the order, right? So, so just even, even, as a, even as a Bama fan, I'm starting to get a little bit, uh, a little <laughs> bit uh, hot under the collar at their uh, their recruiting efforts, man. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. I there's something we missed off the news here, and I think either you or Jack brought it up in the in the college chat we've got, and that was an LSU cornerback got into the transfer portal. Have I got that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I forget the guy's name. Um, the guy is called uh, Eli <laughs> Ricks. Eli yes. Ricks. Yeah. Um, another high, uh, like sort of like high, high caliber guy. Um, he's in a he was in a sophomore season this year. Um, he he uh, will will likely have a pick of the top schools that, that he wants to go to. Um, for sure. Yeah. It's a, a big time loss for LSU, considering they're going to lose Stingley Junior in the, in in the draft as well. So that that cornerback room's getting flipped on its head come come next season. And then finally, I added this one, Ash, because you missed it. I know you're watching. Troy University fired head coach Chip Lindsay on Sunday. Lindsay is 15 and 19 in three seasons at Troy, and I think has just left Troy just before they get bowl eligibility. I think so. An unusual move there for Troy and. And Chip Lindsay, Jake, anything on that? Because I have blindsided with you. Uh, yeah, I, only, I, only, I remember Chip Lindsay from his time as the Auburn OC um, uh, when uh, with Gus Malzahn, I think uh, I'm right in saying that. Um, yeah, uh, Troy have been one of the one of the better um, teams at that level for a long time. Um, they've had a few sort of poor seasons recently. Um, yeah, I think they're just looking to to get back to winning ways. Makes absolute sense. Right, let's talk some rankings. Jake, are you familiar with how Ash and I do the rankings in the podcast? Uh, maybe. Okay, so um, we normally take five each. For some reason, there's only right, 17 yeah. teams here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ash, I don't know what's happened here, mate, but there's only 17 teams. Um, right, we'll pull it up. i tell you what. You can go... Do you want to go first or second? I'll give you the option. Um, it's up to you, mate. Honestly, I honestly don't mind. You go for it. Um, you kick it off. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll do two. Then you can do five. I'll do five. And then you can finish with five because that includes your Alabama. Right. Cool. Okay. Um, so here at 17, we've got Pitt. Then at 16 is Iowa. I, I've, because of their records, Jake, I don't see really anything wrong with those rankings and then obviously we get to 15 and texas a&m which is where you take us over uh yeah we've got uh wisconsin uh coming in at 14 eight and three uh byu uh one spot below them at nine and two although i think if you polled most of college football um media they take wisconsin over byu Yep. Um, Michigan State obviously fall far after their their drubbing by ohio state coming in at 12 um, Oregon falling obviously after bit, getting beat by uh, um, uh, Utah. Um, uh, they come in at eleven. You've got Oklahoma at ten and one, who <laughs> the committee just seem to really dislike. <laughs> um, um, or, I mean, they they haven't really beaten anyone of, of the caliber. And obviously, they've like, they've taken that loss as well. And you've got Ole Miss at nine and two at nine. 
Um, and I think I've just carried on going and going and going. Yeah, wait, I'll tell you what, you... you <laughs> so, sorry, mate. You, no, you, mate, it's fine. Up for a few. <laughs> we uh, got Baylor at eight, nine and two, Oklahoma State Cowboys at seven with a 10 and one record, and then Notre Dame at six with a 10 and one record as well. It's really good that Bedlam is probably going to mean something this year with the Oklahoma State and Oklahoma current rankings, both 10 and 1. Of of those teams that we've just mentioned, Jake, is there anybody, I mean, you mentioned Wisconsin should probably be above BYU. Mm. Of the rest of the teams, I mean, Oregon, them falling from the top four down to 11, just that yeah. one game is a huge drop off, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at the losses they've taken, they've taken a loss... Um, to um, Stanford, like, first one, yeah, exactly. Like who are a poor team this week, this year, and obviously the last last week to Utah, um, and they, I mean, obviously they beat Ohio State, but I think everyone would have seen from that point on in the season, Ohio State, Ohio State on one trajectory, and Oregon have been on another. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'm surprised I kept them in, in in the in the top fifteen. To be honest with you, I would have probably put them behind Michigan State, even with the even with the heavy loss. After sort of, I mean, I, I, uh, I guess the reason they put them in there is obviously because Oregon's beat Ohio State and Michigan just got thumped by them. So it kind of does make sense if you look at it. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Bedlam this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to watch these two teams. I think they're about, they're close, as closely matched as we've, as we've seen these two teams in, in quite a while as well. Um, Oklahoma State's defense is, is really nasty, um, but they sort of can stumble a little bit. At times on offense, whereas sort of it's the kind of the opposite sort of thing for uh, for Oklahoma, right? Like uh, Oklahoma's offense is nasty, but they can sort of kind of stumble at, at times on defense and have given up a lot of points a few times this year. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one, Mister Goddard. Get out of my show, Doc. You're on a train. <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave it alone. We're not going. To, we're, I mean, I'll just run through what Ash has added. Obviously. Uh, below pit at 17, you've got Utah, then NC, it's gone again, he's got rid of it. Ash, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like a gremlin in my system. I now can't, I don't have it in front of me. All right. Come on, Z, come on, Z. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Oregon drop was big, considering it's one loss. You're right about the Ohio State trajectory of them. They almost needed that Oregon loss to turn some sort of switch on because mm. then CJ Stroud and coaches was like, well, we're going to win out. We're going to win out every game by a phenomenal amount. They're now at two. So we've, we said Notre Dame at six. Michigan's at five. Sincere at four. If you hadn't seen it, welcome mm-hmm. to a group of five team making the top four. Alabama, Jake, your red tide are at three. Ohio State jump Bama to two. And Georgia are just firmly planted at number one. The top four, how do you see it? Um, I think this is. I'm, I'm just so cynical about the playoff committee, and I think this is, <laughs> this, this is them going. He goes Cincinnati. Like have your have your 15 minutes, um, and when uh, when Oklahoma win the Big 12 at, um, at 12 and one, uh, they get bumped. Do you know what I mean? Or or, or or Notre Dame finish 11 and 1, Alabama lose to Georgia, Oklahoma win the Big 12, Cincinnati still gets bumped. So uh, I just, I honestly, I still don't see them putting them in. I just, I just don't. I'm, I've been so cynical about the playoff and um, the committee since, since its inception. 
Um, I don't think it was ever set up to get a group of five team in the playoff. I think the, the whole point of the playoff was to ensure that four teams with the biggest national brands and, and that most elite teams in college football were the centre stage for the sort of final two weeks of the year. So, um, yeah, um, I think it's it's a nice it's a nice uh, meagre offering from the committee for Cincinnati. <laughs> Um, uh, before they pull the rug from them, yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm very much, I am a huge cynic of the whole college football playoff ranking thing, but I am very much a positive outlook kind of guy. So I like the fact that since you're in there at four, is it a bit heartbreaking that, like you say, they're just going to get trampled on and and have that moment of, you know, we're in. So as long as we win out here, we're going to stay in because that that. There's so many connotations to that. W- would it be better to leave them out and just think, oh, you were so close yet again, wait for the expansion perhaps? I don't know. But the positivity and of my side of things, I just, I want to stay, I want them to be in there just for them to prove to, you know, to teams that they come up against the big dogs and can we play? Because they, they played fairly well last year against Georgia. So, yeah, we, we will see. I, mean, I, think, I think they're one of the clear four best teams in the country. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, I, I it, it's tough because they're gonna. There's gonna be this this horrible moment potentially um, when they put Notre Dame in at four, uh, and even though Cincinnati beat Notre Dame yeah. on the road in South Bend, and they'll just say, "Well, Notre Dame played a better schedule," and 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 that will be their argument, and they'll walk away, and they 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 don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they, they, the eyes that they know will be on a Notre Dame football game is up here compared to what they know will be on a Cincinnati game. And even though the whole of the college football world, I think, is is rooting for Cincinnati in unison and, and Luke Fickle's built an unbelievably great programme there for a group of five team. And, and they they look like a, a top... Uh, uh, they, they look like one of the top teams in college football, without a doubt. Um, so it's going to be absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, and this is not for me. To, I want them to be in there. Like I definitely, uh, yeah, of course, be in there. Um, and I think they would. I think if they, if you got them in at four, I think they would take your. I think they would. It, that would not be a walkover. I don't think that would be a walkover from Georgia. I think they would yeah. take them to take them to the to the fourth quarter and make them win that game. So obviously Alabama dropped to three. The Buckeyes moved to two. How do you feel about that? Being a Bama fan, do you think that's a fair representation of football currently? Uh, no, I hate when I say no. Yeah, it's it's, it's, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely. I mean, you look at you look at um, um, Ohio State last weekend beating number seven at the time, and Michigan State team absolutely trampling all over them, throwing for a million yards. And um, I think I, I didn't. Think, I think there was like three Ohio State receivers that had over a hundred yards, right? I think like yeah. Alaska had like one hundred and forty. Smith and Jig had over a hundred, and Garrett Wilson had over a hundred as well. I think. Garrett Wilson yeah. and Malave both had two and the Jigba had one. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's and then we <laughs> we struggled um, to, to beat um, to be Arkansas. I mean, who, like we, you look at Bryce Young's stats and you think we, we absolutely walked that game and they played, they sort of made a garbage time comeback, but that wasn't the case. And we just struggled to win, run the ball and our defense made a lot, there was a lot of mistakes um, yep. in that game. And we, we, don't, we don't particularly look like, one of the best teams in the country at the moment. Like, this is one of the worst Alabama teams I've seen um, outside of the quarterback position um, since since becoming a fan in, in sort of the late, yeah, late 2008, 2009. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realise the, mm. uh, the Buckeyes had seven plays in the first half and all seven went for touchdowns. <laughs> like seven um, drives, sorry. And they all resulted in touchdowns. It was, it was just a phenomenal exhibition of football. And, and, and luckily, I was playing um, against Garrett Wilson in, in the five-yard showdown semi-finals, and I looked at the, my phone, and he has sort of 28 points at half-time, and I thought, I'm going to get smashed here. I'm going to get beaten, because he also had uh, Henderson uh, as a running back, and I thought, I'm just they're going to run this up now. There's going to be, it could be 100 points for Ohio State here, and <laughs> I'm going to get violated. And they didn't do anything in the second half. It was fantastic from my point of view. <laughs> Oh, yeah. is, is Ash a Michigan fan? Because he's uh, he's just put Jake's banned from pods in future. So. No, no, he's he's a Buckeyes fan, and uh, you uttered the unhallowed words of "you hate Ohio State." So you, you, you've got yourself a, a ban until the Big Twelve pod when we need you back, Jake. I'm afraid. Got to. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. So as the playoff stands, obviously Bama will play the Buckeyes. Where's that? Where's that going to go? How do we play that? It's, it's so tough. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it's going to end like that. I, I, I don't see a way at the moment that Alabama can beat Georgia unless we just try and throw on every, every down. We just, do you know what I mean, play play four wide and, and just try and throw quick passes and get really, really inventive with the offensive scheme and just throw caution to the wind. Sort of, yeah, I, I, there's, I, don't, I think I don't, just don't see a way of us scoring on them enough where they they won't uh, and and limiting them as well because you you look at them they've, they've been okay on offense Stetson Bennett's got better better and better as the years go on and Alabama's given up oodles of yards to everybody <laughs> so, so like, you know I mean we've you know given up hundreds and hundreds of yards to so Florida and Arkansas alone like it's it's been been tough to watch this year for a Bama fan and <laughs> saying that with us sat through it burning in the country like I know it sounds I don't know. Most people want to want to stab pins in my eyes at the moment, but um, yeah, it's. It, I just I just don't see a way of us being in that first part of the end of the season. And, so, my next question with that then is, as everybody else has been talking about on every podcast you listen to, can Alabama stay in the top four with a two loss season, or are they are they out if they lose to Auburn in the Iron Bowl or Georgia in the SEC championship game? Um, you need chaos, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I think for that to happen, I think. Um, we, if we lose to Bam, if we lose to Georgia, um, obviously Ohio State uh, are, are likely going to be in, or one of Michigan and Ohio State are likely going to be in. Um, um, but I mean, again, this is 2021. Look at what we've seen happen this year already. I mean, we yeah. never expected Oregon to go into the shoe and beat Ohio State. We never expected Kansas to beat Texas. Um, we there's been sort of huge wins and, and losses all over the shop. For, for teams and um, so I mean you, you just don't know but I, we, a lot of sort of chaos needs to happen we could do with Oklahoma losing this weekend for example to Oklahoma State that would be massive for Bama because that then if Baylor win that puts Oklahoma out of the championship game and then um, then out of the playoff run and um, Oklahoma State then are, are obviously well within a shot of making the playoff themselves but they're an a lot less of a threat, and I think they could be beaten by Baylor in the in the in the championship game in an easier fashion than I think they could beat Oklahoma after Oklahoma have already played them once. You know, what I mean, it's highly unlikely you see a, t- a team that's normally an underdog beat uh, a team twice in one season. So, um, yeah, we could do with that happening. We could do with 
<laughs> we could do with Michigan beating Ohio State. <laughs> That'd be really nice. Um, and and then Michigan then losing to Wisconsin as well. That'd be even better. Um, then it would just be absolute chaos. Um, but yeah, I, I I just don't think it's going to happen. I think obviously one of the Oklahoma State or Oklahoma are going to um, going to likely win out or or at least become be a be a one loss B twelve champion. So um, yeah, it's um, yes. Yeah, We'll see what happens, really. Um, yeah, I mean, we've we've got some week twelve games we're going to run through. Um, mm. With we've we've sort of covered off two of the four games were Arkansas, Alabama, and Michigan State. We've we've sort of covered off them of the Arkansas, Alabama game. Arkansas, Chris, stop reading it and just say it. Arkansas, sorry, Arkansas, Alabama. I, I, I hope there's no many Ar- not any Arkansas fans. Listening. Yeah, we've got loads of Arkansas fans. <laughs> Yeah, no, Arkansas, Bama. Is there anything from that game you want to cover off before we get to um, um, Wake Forest, Clemson? Uh, only that uh, I think Bryce Young just looks so elite, um, so poised in the pocket, um, moving in and out of the space, moving out of the pocket when he needs to, making great decisions. Um, yeah, just looked like an elite quarterback. And when that team becomes a more complete team around him, they are going to be lethal. Um so yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say about that. And and congratulations to Arkansas as well. They like they played an unbelievably good game. It, like Sam Pittman's got that team running for a wall. Um, it's it's unreal how hard they fight, and they they caused a lot of the mistakes that Bama made. Um, so it wasn't just sort of Bama being bad. It was Arkansas as well causing those mistakes. And so like they they almost deserve to win that game. And and to be fair, there's more than enough evidence there for an argument that they did did deserve to win that game. So. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I want to really say about that one. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first time I saw Bryce Young play, I messaged Tom and I said, "This dude's pocket presence and <laughs> ability to sort of dial up, not dial up, sort of acknowledge plays that are going on and recognition of what's happening was just phenomenal. Just his movement in the pocket and control of the pocket was just for somebody who's never really played on that level before." Like you said, if they can weapon him up, it's going to be terrifying for, mm. for, for the SEC. And it needs to be with Georgia's recruiting class. Bama need to stay stay relevant. I say stay relevant. Like you said, they're third in the country and we're talking about them like they're falling away. But they there's some work to do. But I think with Bryce Young, it certainly fits the mold of everything we've seen from Bama before and going forward. So, mm. so it, it, it's a nice... Go on. I was just say one quick comment. I just... I, Pete Golden's got a lot of stick over the season as the DC. He's I don't think he's I don't think he's the guy for the long term. I know he's been there for a few years now, but we've seen some of the worst Bama defences under Pete Golden um, in the last ten years. Um and they just don't they just don't seem to beat or dominate the good teams. You know, obviously you've got guys like Will Anderson who are wrecking wrecking people on his own and um but Golden's I don't think he's the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Saban makes choice and makes a move at that position in the off season. Um, and I also don't think Bill O'Brien's the guy either. Um, uh, I, I don't. I never really rated him as an NFL head coach. I don't think while he, while Bryce has obviously been put in a lot of good positions, made a lot of good throws. I, the running game hasn't hasn't been good. Um, and I mean Alabama, that running game isn't really Alabama. So um, yeah. That's one another thing I just wanted to mention. I think you, you could see a few changes at um, 
OC or DC um, at the end of the season. Yeah, well, we could well see Bob in a job somewhere else, mm-hmm. couldn't we? His name's been touted about for a head coaching role somewhere within college football. So, please take him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have, we'll have Mullen as an offensive coordinator, and you can, you can, yeah, you can have. Um, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Nick Saban's yeah. school school of rehabilitation? <laughs> yeah, right. Wake Forest went into Clemson. It, it turned out to be a game that was far different to what we thought. Wake normally start fast. They found themselves 10 nothing down after the first quarter. 17-10 down at half-time and then Clemson put the burners on and, and, and ended up winning 48-27. Will Shipley had himself a day, passed for a touchdown, ran in for two, 112 yards off 19 attempts. Uh, and then Kobe Pace also had a day, nearly 200 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. They didn't really need to pass the ball, 12 pass attempts, and they controlled the game from start to finish, which was much more like the Clemson we used to seeing, right? Yeah, absolutely. DJU had a really nice game as well. Um, that um, that pass deep along the right-hand sideline um, in the first quarter where he evaded two rushes. You think he's going to get sacked both times. He evades two, looks downfield as he's rolling out and like throws, throws a really good deep ball to um, Bo Collins. Um, then there was a jump pass for, for the touchdown as well, which was really nicely played um, yeah. by, by DJ. And then another... Perfect throw to Bo Collins with his. You see the one-handed catch. It was it was super nice. Bo Collins. He's literally the guy's the DB super tight on him. Basically playing blanket coverage, and um, Bo Collins just sticks his left arm out and brings it in. And it was like a perfect throw from DJ. So it was really nice to see DJU actually make some quite clear strides in his play and his passing play. Um, and he's sort of been written off as 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 a Clemson quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised. To see him still still on the centre next year if, if no one comes in as a true freshman and lights it up in camp. So um yeah, it was it was a it was a, it was Clemson Tigers back to being Clemson Tigers really, wasn't it? Absolutely. And then finally we've got SMU at Cincinnati. Since he ended up winning I say ended up, they won forty eight to fourteen. I think they were up by a significant amount earlier. I wanna say it was I can't see the score in front of me, but they were up to nothing real quick and since this was the first game in sort of four weeks where Cincinnati needed to to blow the opposition out um they haven't done in the last three weeks but they smashed an SMU here and it was an SMU team that we thought with Tanner Mordecai might cause Cincinnati some problems but at the end of the day it, it was all Cincinnati and one-way traffic yeah they did they did what they needed to do right the, yep. the criticism the only real criticism of Cincinnati so far this year is that they sort of stumbled in games against Navy um for example I think Tulsa as well took him um took him right down to the wire um and so it was really important for their slim playoff hopes to uh, to get a big win this 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 week and yeah they definitely did that um it was a convincing win um and it's the only the only problem is is that it, it's not <laughs> SMU out of the rankings out of the playoff rankings and that yeah. then hurt Cincinnati you know now because because they're gonna they're gonna look at that come the end of the season with, with SMU not being ranked and yeah that, that that's yeah. one less ranked ranked win on their uh, resume. I guess the only thing to caveat that would to, to would be that Notre Dame are really turning the burners on it at the moment and playing good football and the fact that Cincinnati beat Notre Dame's obviously helping their cause there perhaps yeah. on the flip side of that coin. Um, yeah. Okay, Jake, it's rivalry week. 
you've added to the show doc because we didn't have the iron bowl in it. Let's start with your Alabama Crimson Tide heading into Auburn. This is a big one, right? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm kind of gutted, really, because it would have been really cool uh, to go up against Bo Nix. Um, not that it, <laughs> it would have given me sweats for sure watching him run around <laughs> and, and probably make like ridiculous pa- passes that obviously because they're playing against us just happen to land, land in the arms of his receivers. But um, so it's going to be kind of kind of kind of a, a, a lesser intense game with I think they've got TJ Finley at, um, at quarterback now. Yep. Um, obviously, Auburn are still going to turn up. It's, it's Auburn, it's in Jordan Hare. Um, the, the crowd's still going to be mental. Um, and as we've seen with Bama this year, it, you don't have to be a complete team to beat Bama. Um, and if they can run the ball and play really, really good defence, there's a definite chance that they, they could cause an upset. We, we've already seen it with this year. You look at what Arkansas's um, uh, game plan was was just run the ball down down our throats um, and, and, and then hit us on the pass. And um, they they work that pretty effectively and scored plenty of points in us. So yeah. I, there's no reason why Auburn can't pull the upset. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, uh, Bama are nearly three touchdown favourites. It's <laughs> minus 19 and a half in Bama's favour. But the over-under is only 56. So they're not expecting a hugely explosive game here, which is, I don't know, mm-hmm. do Iron Bowls tend to be high-scoring affairs? Had a few over the last few years that have been. Yeah, especially with like Jalen Hurts and um, when Jalen Hurts um, played and Tua, his one was I think was in the thirties or the forty points. Um, yeah, it's been like that sort of the last few, few years recently. It's been a little bit more back and forth as as well as college offenses have opened up and we've seen more of a trend towards explosive offense and just enough defense rather than dominant defense. Um, so yeah, this it, it could easily be that, but I think I think you see that that spread is largely reflective of Bo Nix not being at quarterback and, and TJ Tinley only having one start this year and, and then and not playing well in it and, and struggling. So um, I think that Vegas don't see a massive ceiling for TJ Tinley in, in, in regards to points. Um, we could easily score a lot of points, but we could also can, we, we also have ability to, uh, to <laughs> be a lead for defense as well. So, uh, yeah, it could go either way. Um, I'm just hoping for a comfortable win, to be honest with you. Just just a comfortable win and less yeah. about Georgia. There's Just looking through the slate for this week, there's some absolutely massive games rivalry week <laughs> that's just not mentioned. I mean, you've got both the Arizona or Arizona State. Vanderbilt are at Tennessee. That's a massive one for, for Tennessee, the state of Tennessee. Then you've got the Civil War. We're just about to talk about that. But Oregon State, Oregon. I don't think you're allowed to call it the Civil War anymore, but nobody's going to come after us on the little pod that can. Um, <laughs> this is this is this is a massive one for for Oregon and, and Oregon State. I mean, it's probably not as big as perhaps it could have been if Oregon needed to the win here to stay in the playoffs. Yeah. Any thoughts on this one, Jake? Um, I don't, I don't follow the Pac-12 very closely. Um, Oh man, you, you can't say that. Jordan's already upset that we don't cover Pac-12, and now you're saying they're irrelevant and you don't really listen to them. So, um, Jordan, I'm, I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. But um, if it, if it's if if there's a year that they're going to do it, this is the year, right? For Oregon State, they they look like more of a complete team than they've they've looked in in um, in years past. Um, they've been competitive in pretty much every game that they've been in this year. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Oregon look like they have holes. Um, obviously, K1 Thibodeau is an absolute like wrecking ball, but they 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 have problems scoring. They're quite one-dimensional. Um, 
and um, they've been hit with a few injuries as well. So it could go either way, honestly. Uh, I, I think, I mean, if you ask me to put money on it right now, I'd say Oregon State pulls the upset. Why not? Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing about the Civil War is the uniforms tend to be absolute fire for that game. So that's something to look forward to in that situation. Talking of uniforms, Jake, did you see the Utah helmets from the win over Oregon last weekend? Yeah, they were all individually painted, if I'm right. Yeah, so they, I didn't, when, I, when I heard this on a podcast, I thought I've got to go and check this out because I thought it would just be a standard Ute symbol that was painted onto their helmet. But obviously, with it being um, Veterans Day and they were celebrating the armed forces across America, they, it was a red sort of... Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a, a red, glossy, sort of fiery... It's not a pure colour, it's a sort of marbled... But then it's got the battleship of the USS. Oh, I'm gonna. I can't remember the name of the battleship that they were commemorating. But they. It was a hand painted battleship across one side of the helmet, and everybody's was hand painted. It was unbelievable. Absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Super cool. Yeah, I mean a real nice touch as well on Veterans Day. Um, yeah, yeah, just super cool. That's this is why this is why we love college football, right? Like stuff like this. You, you can't, that's, you don't get that sort of, I know obviously you get tributes in the NFL, but there's the craziness and all the different levels of, of, of passionate fandom and, and, and at, at the college football level, I mean, you get awesome stuff like this, like the, the army and Navy uniforms for the game every year. Like they're always a big thing, like Oregon's uniforms and, and the, the helmets obviously that last week for Utah, like it's, it's so cool, man. Like we're so lucky. Oh, yes, we are. Jake, I want to touch on uh, UMass at New Mexico State, Battle of the 1 and 10 teams. Who are you? Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> we, we've, we've talked about Bedlam. And, and how important. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked about Bedlam. You, you've touched on the Iron Bowl with Bama and Auburn. And then finally on the slate, we've got UNC at NC State. That's a big one too, right? Yeah, NC State is still within a chance of winning the, the, the division and going to the... the um, going to the conference title game, aren't they? I know it's a bit of an outside shot, but they still need to win this game. And obviously, Sam Howell's going to want to put in a good performance for his draft stock. Um, and uh, UNC and obviously yeah, Matt Brown's UNC are going to want to finish finish strong uh, um, at the end of this run. So, um, yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it'll be pretty close, to be honest with you. Um, again, don't, I don't follow uh, the, the ACC too much as I write about the Big 12 and I'm a huge SEC fan. And um, so, this so yeah, I, I'm not as familiar with, with both of their rosters, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the highlights and, and seeing what kind of performance Sam Howe puts in. Yeah, I mean, it, it's essentially a North Carolina, can North Carolina run on uh, a North Carolina State Wolfpack defence that's pretty good against the run? It, that's where, because they're pretty evenly matched passing yards, uh, 50th and 34th in the country. But it's the rushing yards per game is ridiculous. I mean, NC State don't really run the football, whereas North Carolina do. Um, there's there's 100 yards difference in, in the average per, t per game there. So that'll be a really interesting to watch. The over-under is 62 as well. So that, that one could get out of hand pretty quick. Um, is there anything else from Rivalry Weekend, Jake, that you wanted to cover or if we hit all the spots right there? Ah, the Egg Bowl. Go for it. Can't, tell can't, tell can't, everyone. Can't not touch on the Egg Bowl after how... I mean, they, 
there's there's the best rivalries in college football, right? And I think I'm 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 kind of regurgitating this. I can't remember which podcast I heard it on. Um, I'm pretty sure it was um, the Cover Three uh, podcast, the CBS one. Um, and there's they I can't remember who was saying it, but there's like the best rivalries in college football. Okay, so um, like Alabama, Auburn, and Michigan, Ohio State, and then there's the teams that hate each other the most. And that is without a doubt Mississippi State versus Ole Miss, um, and that is this Thanksgiving Thursday night, um, and is yeah, it's just unbelievably awesome. I mean, you had um, a couple of years ago, you had Elijah Moore uh, scoring a touchdown and then pretending to do a dog peeing celebration in the end zone, <laughs> it cost him his team fifteen yards, and then they ended up losing the game because it was. Do you know what I mean? It's just like two fan base that vehemently despise each other as well. Absolutely despise each other. I don't know if you see, saw a few years back, um, but SB Nation did a, a really good little documentary series with um, that was done by Stephen Godfrey, um, who's one of my favourite college football writers um, and one of that's one of my inspirations in like sort of getting into writing. And um, they did this amazing documentary series um, about the bag men and how the recruiting war and sort of players having bags or bin liners of cash dumped on their doorstep. And it, it was just absolutely awesome. And it really like sort of highlighted how much these two communities just despise each other. And so I know they might not be the best caliber of football, although you get to see Matt Corral um, and um, Mississippi State team that have performed above expectations this year. Um, in a game where two teams absolutely hate each other, it's just going to be carnage. I just can't wait to watch it. Yeah, you say it's uh, Thanksgiving. I'm seeing here that it's twelve thirty a.m. So does that mean it's tonight for us? I think that might mean it's it's twelve thirty a.m. on Thanksgiving. So like the early Friday morning. I don't I don't think it's tonight. It, it, it's they don't normally pay. No, they don't ever pay it on a Wednesday. The Egg Bowl. So um, okay. Um, yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, you, you, there's, there's a few games on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, there's going to be a couple of decent, um, decent fixtures, and um, the one only one I'll be watching will be that one because <laughs> my, uh, my my girlfriend um, who lives with me here is is American. Um, she's from upstate New York, so I've taken tomorrow and Friday off work, and we're gonna we're gonna do uh, sort of a Thanksgiving with my family, so it's make her feel as ho- at home as possible. So um, yeah. So I'll, I'm only allowed to watch college football when she goes to sleep in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake, that, that segues us perfectly to, I guess, the end of the show. And that is if you are an audio OG and you are listening on Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in America. Everybody Thanksgiving to everybody celebrating who isn't perhaps in America, but is celebrating Thanksgiving like Jake, your girlfriend. So do wish her happy Thanksgiving on behalf of all the boys at Five Yard College and Five Yard Rush. I know she probably has no idea who we are or who even cares, but we, we, we like to extend our warmest Thanksgiving. You're, you're just you're just the annoying group chat that beeps on my phone often. That's 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 it. Yeah, I, uh, one of one of the guys in, in the Five Yard chat, Pitsy, his wife has exactly the same opinion, and then the, the NFL is, is stupid and. We are we are the people that talk to her about the stupid sports. So, yeah, like, <laughs> no, cheers, Docs. Yeah, I'll pass that on. And, uh, no, man. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. If for people who are perhaps listening for the first time, I'm not sure why you would be so deep into the college season. But if you are welcome, where <laughs> where can they find you, Jake, on social medias and, and all the stuff you do? Um, Dynasty Brit um, on the screen right now uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's where to find me. I'll link all my articles and things that I write and. 
everything goes there. Um, so yeah, yeah, hit me up. Super duper. Well, Jake, we appreciate your Big 12 love this season and we are going to have you back regardless of what Ash says in the chat to, to cover the Big 12. We're going to get in depth right there. Listen, man, it's been it's been a pleasure to finally meet you in person. I say in person, over the yeah, Zoom. Well, you, you know how it is these days. But yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's, uh, it's been my pleasure, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure, mate. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, sorry for my rastiness. <laughs> no, no, it's been, it's been good, man. It's been good. Rush Nation. It is Wednesday night. If you're new to the schedule, if you're listening late, we appreciate you for listening early Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. Listen, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out everybody's superb articles that are dropping right now. If you are in a final of your college fantasy league, I wish you the best of luck. Unless you are rich from the dynasty side, then I'll see you on the podium late Saturday evening. Rush Nation, it leaves me one thing to say, and that is that Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. ACAST anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidesrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.